0: All right, welcome to the first episode of Back to Debbie. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone that respects eggs. and We are the brand new premier Debbie show brought to you by Campus to Cannon. I'm Mike, and my co-host here is, is uh, Corey, and we're getting Back to Debbie. The people are riding the streets. They've had enough with the JMU depth charts. They had enough of the lukewarm tapes, had enough of the Mac Nation. They want to get back to Debbie, and that is what our mission here is to do.
1: Yeah, man, I'm really glad that we finally got this thing put together. Um, I know me and you've been talking for a while. I mean, I think one of the first messages you even sent me on Twitter, one of the first interactions we had was wanting to do a podcast. Um, you know, thing got put on hold a little bit while we were grinding away on that uh, on that Debbie guide. you know, watching so much film, writing up all these profiles. But it's nice to see everything all come together now um i'm happy to be getting back to the debbie it almost feels a little old school now you know like c2c seems to be kind of like all the rage for everybody and for good reason i mean but but good old-fashioned debbie leagues are still great i mean you don't have to worry about that production you don't got to worry about that depth chart so much you're picking up on talent that you really like um seems a little bit of a simpler process on the surface where it's actually extremely difficult to try to try to figure out how these guys are going to translate to the next level so so we're here to help you do that
0: that's right on tonight's episode of back to debbie we will be discussing bounce-back candidates. But first, I want to go over a little bit of news here. Malik Benson, right? Six-foot, 185, DUCO transfer recruit going to Alabama. Now, we have seen DUCO recruits transfer to high-end schools. We've had um, Danny Gray went to SMU, for example. He just got drafted. We got Brandon Ayuk, who became a first-round draft capital after going to Arizona State University. But now we have one going to Alabama. So this one just is really a little bit more bo- mind-blowing. No offers coming out of high school, unranked. And now he is a four-star recruit after one single freshman season. He's had offers from Bama, Georgia, Tennessee, OU, and like 33 other schools. His stats were 43 catches for 1,229 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's 28.6 yards a catch with 112 yards per game. It's insane. I mean, he had insane production. Did you get a look at this guy, Corey?
1: Uh Yeah, I mean, I think anyone going to to Alabama deserves to have some eyes on them, and and we've seen some talent come from the Juco ranks, like, like you were saying, but, but I'll be honest, I didn't have a chance to look into him as much as I would have liked, so I'm eager to get your opinion here and, and hear what you, what you found on film and what you like about him.
0: Yeah, so there's a little bit of film out there, it's a little bit hard to find Juco film out there, but from what I saw... I thought he had some really quick feet and a really nice release off the line. Kind of does that same move that you and me complain with Sky more than just a one-trick pony. But he's got got a move, though. He's got a move his freshman year. And he's got insane speed. I mean, really good burst off the line. He can get up to top gear very fast. He definitely got used a lot in the screen game here. Um, But I'm really excited about him just from what I've seen so far. My guess is that he's going to slide into that uh, Jameson Williams, that Jalen Wild, that Henry Ruggs role, that Alabama likes of us That's his role to me. And then, therefore, I believe he does actually have Debbie Valley coming into the league. All right, enough about him, Corey. Do you have anybody else you want to bring up here for news?
1: Uh, yeah, I went around looking for news. Um, there's not really a lot going on. Um, there's some camp starting up this week. Uh, so hopefully by next episode, we'll have a little bit more to go off of. But I thought it would kind of be interesting to go around, uh, see if there's any updated weights out there. Uh, obviously, that's something that's very important to us in the Debbie landscape, uh, what weight a lot of these guys are at. And and I found a few that kind of stood out to me. So um, starting with some freshmen here, we're going to head over to Alabama. Um, Jamarian Miller, a uh, freshman running back there, my RB4 of the class, actually. Uh, 195 as a recruit, up to 201 now listed with Alabama. So it's nice to see him over that 200 mark. That's That's kind of what we want to see. Um, Keon Grays, another guy that's super high with the campus Canton team. Um, a lot of guys have him right up there. Uh, 175 as a recruit listed at 185 for OSU. So that's also nice to see. Now, this one was kind of interesting to me. Now we're, we're looking at Jaden Blue for Texas. Uh, a guy who was very high on campus Canton RB one for a lot of the guys over there. Um, he was 205 as a recruit. He's all the way down to 190 now. He even had a little stint at 194 team. So it seems like he's losing weight for some reason. I don't understand why. Um,
0: does this bother you at all? A little bit, yeah. Uh, size matters for, for running backs here in the NFL, uh, not only with being productive, but also their um, their injury and like the way their body holds up. Uh, he's 190. He, he's going to need to add that weight to put on the power and stuff. If you look at just pictures of him coming out of high school and stuff, I think this makes a little sense. Like He kind of looks on the skinnier side, but I'm a little bit worried. I'm not panicking. He still has plenty of time to put on those 15 pounds before he goes to the NFL. He just has to put on five pounds a year to get back up to two Oh five. But yeah, I am worried about looking at a potential workhorse to going to a potential passing down back. And that's kind of a big difference in fantasy.
1: Yeah. I, I haven't been as aggressive as everybody else with him. Um, Branson's always been my, my running back too. Um, I can't say I love this development, but I really did like his, his tape looking back at him. You know, he kind of gave me shades of Kamara with the way he kind of glided through traffic, kind of bounced off dudes all the time. It seemed effortless um people want to point to like his ranking and and how he was ranked so low and it's like this guy was like a borderline five star before he sat out his senior season and so that really ended up hurting his stock um so I, i'm still pretty high on him but i am a little bit worried about uh, him dropping down to that weight um but moving right along here uh, another freshman here we're looking at Devin Brown my quarterback one of the class um, really elite NFL arm. I I love the arm talent. He was at 196 as a recruit, which was something I was a little bit worried about up to 210, which is absolutely great. That's what I love to see. Um, and then the last one here at the, uh, hitting off on the freshman, uh, running back, Justin Williams, Thomas, a guy that me and you love. Um, he's my RB six in this class, a guy really high on. He's, he was 205 as a recruit. He's up to 210. There's even some rumors. He might be up to 215. So I love to see that that guy is packing on some weight. Um, other than that, uh, uh, moving away from the freshmen, uh, some others that I thought were kind of interesting, Quinn Johnson, I can't remember what he was weighed at last year. Um, but I, I from what I can see, he was sub 200 at least. And now he's listed at 212 co- coming into this year. Now that's awesome. That's something you want to see. He was always a little bit more of a slender, taller, lankier build of a guy. So I like to see that extra weight from him going into this year. Um, and this one I thought was kind of interesting to, um, kind of Works into our topic that we're going to talk about today with bounce backs, and that was Eric Gray, a guy that one of the main problems with Eric Gray was that we were always complaining about his size, right? That was one of the, the big things on him. Um, he's at he's all the way up to two eleven from two o five now heading into uh, heading into this year, and OU is going to want to uh is looking for that next guy levy comes in to take over that offense i'm he likes to run a little bit of a committee it's going to be a little bit interesting to see how that goes but i'm kind of interested i've got a little bit of eyes on eric gray right now how about you
0: yeah i'm not a big fan he really fell from grace there i thought he operated well in space just not well in traffic so the increased weight is encouraging but i need to see him to put it together on the field but even then i think this is a really crowded class coming up I don't think he cracks probably my top eight or nine at this point. I really don't think he gets up there. I'd be very surprised.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I could, I maybe see him ending up being a top 10 guy. We'll see. It all depends on how this the year kind of shakes out. I thought he was a really interesting prospect. Um, that Tennessee offense kind of hindered him a little bit before Heupel got there. It was just such a, such a slow moving offense. They're trying to figure out what to do at quarterback. Eric Gray really suffered because of it. And then, and Lincoln put him in a change of pace role last year. So I wanted to see more from him. I'm definitely disappointed overall, but we'll, we'll see what happens coming into this year. But um moving along here. uh Keishan Boutte listed at 205. I'm not sure if he was listed higher than that last year. Um this one was kind of cool too. Was Jaden Daniels. We've been waiting for this guy to put on weight for years constantly like uh, he he's got all these tools. Let's just see what the what the weight can actually do. And now he's up to 200 apparently from LSU, which is what we always wanted. So I mean, if he can get one year starting there, maybe we can have some kind of interest there. I'm a little bit off of him. We'll get into him a little bit later anyways, but I thought that was a little bit interesting. And then last but not least, we're talking about Spencer Rattler. He was 205, and he's up to 215 now. Um, I remember them mentioning this a lot during the spring game. He did look a little bit stockier to me, but, uh, but yeah, it's a good size. I think he's got a good build now. I think a lot of these are positive, maybe except from, from Jadon Blue, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy with the way things are going. Um, this was just a little bit of a side note. Um, for some reason, I thought Sean Tucker was bigger than 205. Is that new? Have you seen that before? Have you always thought no. of him as 205?
0: Yeah, the way he moves, I think he's 205
1: really I, for some reason i thought he was bigger i know he was 186 pounds as a recruit so like I, he was always right. on the smaller side so he has put on some weight and he looks kind of thick out there i thought he had a little some, some thick trunk to him but uh, i was actually surprised to see that that he was at uh 205
0: yeah i'm worried about if he comes in at 510 though because i don't think he's 510 i think he's more like
1: 5'9 that'd actually be good though that would create a better bmi if he was more around that 205 yeah. range or something a little okay. shorter a little stouter so yeah i'm not off and i just thought that was kind of interesting but uh but, yeah, I mean, that, so uh, that, that about
0: wraps it up for all the weight changes. Yeah, so let's get into – before we get into our bounce back section, let's get into this. When are you out on a debut player? I think this is a, a skill that not a lot of people have, you know, to let go of their players, their guys. And I want to ask you, when are you out on a player, Corey?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of typical thresholds that we look at, whether it's weight, whether it's production, whether it's whatever. Um, I, I will typically say that I actually do have a problem letting go sometimes on a lot of these guys. I can always kind of like work out some kind of scenario in my head that these guys are going to become relevant again. Um, I think some of my bigger things are like, you know, if a prospect is going to come in at one 180, maybe even 185, I'm probably out already. Like, I'm not going to bank on you getting to the proper size that we want, at least at running back anyways. I know uh, other ones are different for running back. Um, yeah, if, if you're under that, I'm probably not even interested. A wide receiver, if you're at that, like, 150, 160 range, I'm, I'm probably a little bit worried about that as well. Um, so so weight is a big thing for me uh, come, coming in. I want to see – I know Chris Mox. I know a lot of other guys have done some studies on this. We can generally expect about 12 to 14 pounds – of, of growth throughout college. So um, that's always what I'm factoring in when I'm looking at these guys. Um, so, I mean, when they're coming in there, they're already facing an uphill battle. They're already off my 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 radar. So they're already facing an uphill battle to climb back into my radar. Um I'm also not really in on G5 players at all. I mean, I just, the minute they go to G5, I, I'm really not paying attention that much. I mean, history has told us that we should kind of be weary of skill positions from the G5. I mean, even just looking back on, I just did a quick look looking back the past three years and just focusing on wide receivers and running backs. There's only five of them to be drafted within the first uh, the first two days of the last three NFL drafts. Um, into, and, and then even just look at these names. 2022, you're looking at, christian watson sky moore's maybe interesting and you're looking at tolbert who's maybe interesting that was actually probably a good hit in the last couple of years and then 2021 only one drafted Dwayne eskridge we don't even know what the hell is going to happen with him and then uh, 2020 you had antonio gibson which was maybe somebody whatever but e- either way you're not getting a lot of guys who are making a difference at the nfl level even if they are getting the draft capital so at g5 i am a little bit worried about that and Um, so yeah, these are some of the main things, but I do have a problem with holding on a little bit too long and I can constantly figure out ways that guys can get guys can, can become relevant again.
0: Yeah. I think for me, it goes by position here for wide receivers. I know we have the year one, zero, um, idea brought together by Austin and expanded on by, by, uh, Moxley. I won't get into details there, but I do need my freshman to get that playing time. They need to get on that field freshman year. The other thing, too, is that they need to progress after that, too. So if they become stagnant year two, I need to have an either like an outline reason why or or they got to move forward, you know, and then year three production. I need them to pop. because I need them to go to the NFL draft. I need that early declared draft capital. You know, if it's a late declare, their success rate just goes way down and they got to be really special for me to be in on them on a late declare for QBs for me. You know, I constantly complain I'm not a QB evaluator. It's really not a thing for me. Are
1: any of us really? I mean, man, it's like the hardest position ever. I, I'm still trying to figure out the right things to look for, man. Last year was a slap in the face.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it, it can be late production for me for QBs, um, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like that, that tight ends, they can wait. It's okay. But I do need them to hit a 3,000 yard season. It's just a minimum threshold, I think about 25 QBs hit that each season a little bit more so it's not hard to hit but if you don't hit that as a thrower I don't think you're gonna be throwing watching the NFL so there's that and then for running backs too it's it's size related I'm also size related for uh, wide receivers too I pick maybe one short king a year to play mm-hmm. my flag on this past year I don't think I planted a flag on one the year before Elijah Moore was my guy like so I need him to be that five foot 10 plus. For me to be in on them, and then of course weight. I'm a little more leaning on weight. I think 180 is okay with me, but by the time they head to the draft, I need them to hit more in the 190s. They, they got to be real special at like 180, 185 for me to be in on. But and then for tight ends. I mean,
1: who even knows about tight ends, man? I don't know. I don't have any. I don't, <laughs> I don't have any. Honestly, I'm the kind of guy that I I barely even devi tight ends. I, I I will leave them be, and I will focus on when they come into the draft. I mean, we constantly right. have new guys that come into the draft every year at tight end that we never even thought about devying that get playing time. So that's something I'm just completely comfortable attacking on the NFL level.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm excited about seven or eight in debbie right now i have a yeah. like 20 rank but i'm excited about seven or eight like yeah, i don't
1: think i'm excited about any tight end except for maybe brock bowers for my for my dog so i'm Oscar all right with our dealt that one, Delp, Delp, Delp's good too I'm, I'm interested to see how gilbert's gonna play too i'm pretty interested to see how all of them are gonna get how the playing time is gonna shake out you know if somebody yeah. plays a little more inline someone plays a little more out or whatever so it's gonna be interesting but tight end you man
0: georgia yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right let's move on let's move on all right, we're now getting into our main topics here, the bounce backs. All right, so aside from obvious names like DJU or Eric Gray, what were some disappointments from a performance standpoint, Corey? Uh,
1: yeah, so I I mean, I guess we'll attack this position by, by position here. You know, at quarterback, um, I'm going to go with two guys um i'm gonna go with jeff sims out of georgia tech and i'm gonna go with jane daniels who was formerly formerly of asu now with lsu um you know two guys who are kind of similar uh one with a little more pedigree but uh, but um both guys very intriguing freshman seasons. showed a lot of dynamic dual threat ability uh easy flick of the wrist arm strength from these guys um they really just never took that next step in their developments to become you know better passers and become more complete prospects um Daniel you know, Daniels is now over at LSU, has a bit of a chance at a resurgence with LSU, um, he arguably looked the worst of the three quarterbacks during the spring and during the spring game from like everything I've read, so who knows if that's really going to end up happening. And then with Jeff Sims, it's very similar. Um, Georgia Tech brought in Zach Gibson. Um, to provide some depth there behind Sims, should he continue to to not take the next step. So both these teams are preparing in a sense, not to expect these guys to be full-time starters. They they have plans if if, if they fail again. So I, I was disappointed to see them kind of fall from grace because I thought they had some interesting tools. But um, uh, I'll kick it over to you now for, uh, for your quarterback
0: that was disappointing for the season. For me, it was Tanner McKee, right? So on mock drafts, I see his name. Even this past all season for the 2022 draft, uh, tanner mckee was up there as like a third round pick and even mock drafts now he's still like being mocked as like a top 100 candidate here I, like his recruiting profile he was nationally ranked uh, like qb 38 by 24 7 sports qb3 uh overall I, I love the size but the numbers just haven't been there he just hasn't done anything he's a 2018 recruit in his first year last year like 2300 received like passing yards 200 completions completion percentage is like 65%, 15 touchdowns the whole season and seven interceptions. I mean, he capped off the year, his last three games, with four interceptions and one touchdown. And so I just don't think – like, I don't understand why anyone would want to hype him up or project him to anything at a pro level at this point. I mean, we're going into year five, and he just still hasn't shown any production or real any promise on the field either. I haven't really seen any, like, flashes either. I think he's just – he's just meh. No, like that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, me and you right now are we're, we're part of this twenty-four team auction draft that we're doing with the C2C and NAL members over there. Uh, big 24 team. But we're all it's 24 teams fighting over one copy on the NCAA side. So when I was looking at it, I uh, these quarterbacks are just going so damn fast. And you know who ended up buying that De- Tanner McKee? Was this guy. So I'm hoping that maybe there's some NFL potential there. I don't think that I'm going to be able to rely on him for any kind of production in this league, but Hey man, these quarterbacks are going fast and I just, I, I just need to get one. Um, anyways, i uh, heading over to the next position over here. Um, I'm going to head over to wide receiver. Um, am going to talk about a guy might be shocking to some might not be, I don't know. depends on, uh, depends on your look on his season. Uh, that's going to be Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Um, I know you had their troubles offensively last year, you know, switching between Caleb and Rattler and whatever, just trying to figure things out. Um, but, and he did finish as, as the leading receiver last year, but, but his stats are really amplified by, by three games where he, he kind of went over a hundred yards last year. And they were versus some of the worst college defenses in, in, in college right now. Um, In the other 10 games of the season, he only averaged 31 yards per game, Uh, really disappeared down the stretch too, had two or fewer catches in six of the last seven games. Um, I do worry about how dynamic he might be. This is a guy who kind of led the conference in contested catches. For a guy who's 5'11", 180 pounds, it's not really something you expect to see. Um, So I I was disappointed he didn't add a little more to his game and become a little more dynamic and become like that guy that really transcended forward after a promising freshman season.
0: Yeah, I do agree with you there. He does have a certain following and, even one of our own the other day said that he has good chances of going in the first round here. I'm not too in on Marvin Mins myself. I released an article probably about a month ago. I would say, pretty much giving my top 15 for the season for the draft cycle, and I actually put him at wide or 15. So, I mean, this is the this is the season. This is it for him to step mm-hmm. up. He's shown some growth. He definitely flashes some plays. He makes plays, but it's just spotty. I and mean, I need to be a little more consistent, especially for somebody at his size. Like he's small. It's a small dude. And you know, mean you don't like small guys like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so for me here for wide receivers, I have a few I just want to mention real quick. Uh Jaden Wally, I'm I'm definitely disappointed by him, right? So he was number 2 in receiving for freshman year behind uh um, here. Number 1 like, in Austin's heart. Yeah. He was but he was <laughs> He was behind by like less than 20 yards. I mean, he was right there. Um, and he just didn't take that second step. And it's enticing because Mississippi State has such a high profile passing offense that it's like it should be easy for any receiver to excel in that system, but he just it just didn't happen, right? After such a promising freshman season, he didn't take the next step. Um, another one here too, I have is Jonathan Mingo. I just get disappointed by him every year there's always a crowd hyping him up even this year you know like there's no competition for wide yeah. receivers on that roster
1: he went for a pretty good price in that auction we're going for it too i mean he, he has yeah. that size he has that profile on paper that makes you think he could be something but yeah i'd say it, it's been disappointing
0: <laughs> yeah and then uh a guy hall here i have a guy hall he was like the 101 for freshman you know like he was the receiver you know i think he got like preseason freshman all-american honors you know but man he just did nothing was dropping balls in the national game too. Like he had his shot to shine, especially Mm -hmm. in the system. And now he transfers over. I think he's on like his, if you include high school, like his fifth team in like three years, like it's kind of ridiculous. Um, I also wanted to mention Jermaine Burton too here, which is a little bit of a cheap shot because it's Georgia, right? Georgia passes to the tight ends. They don't pass to the wide receivers, but for somebody that we're touting, especially myself, because I have him down as a top five player, Mm -hmm. uh, he just hasn't put it together yet. And it's really not his fault. Like this is one of those things where it's like, it's the system. And now he goes to a system where he should be the premier player. And I don't think he'll be on my list of disappointing performances after this year. But the main guy I want to highlight is Rakeem. Raheem Rakeem was number two in his recruiting cycle for, for wide receivers at least. And he, he has everything you want in a receiver to succeed. I mean, he has the athletic build he has great size. He's like six foot, 200 pounds. Uh, he played behind Dante Demas, who's another good player in his own right, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. And when Dante Demas went down to injury, we're like, all right, this is Rakeem Jarrett's time. This is his his time to shine. Corey, if I had to ask you how many games did Rakeem Jarrett lead his team in receiving, how many games did he lead his team in receiving?
1: See, I kind of got to cheat here because I know the answer to this question. Because <laughs> I've, I've looked into Rakeem Jarrett myself, but he's only he only led the team twice out of those eight games after, uh, after Demas left.
0: Yeah, that's right. Look, so I'm just looking for him to step up. And if you look at his raw numbers, you know, looking at like advanced metrics, like he had a good season. Like he had 800 receiving yards. You know, like he doesn't look bad. But again, we're looking for guys to take the reins in college football. If he can be a number one in college, he can be a number one in the NFL. But if he can't be a number one in college, my faith in him of being able to take over receiving court in the NFL just drops down substantially.
1: Yeah, and I think almost every other wide receiver actually got hurt for them last year at some point. I don't know, I think like, if you look at the game log, like you go to like pro football uh, reference or whatever, and look at the wide receivers and all the receiving, I don't think a, a lot of those guys didn't play more than six or seven games. And if you look at the, the game logs, there was a different receiver blowing up every week that wasn't named Rakeem. So I don't understand why it wasn't happening for him. It just wasn't getting put together. His his leading the team and his stat line was almost a product of just being the healthiest guy there and being able to kind of to stay afloat and be the the option. I guess the only guy that could stay healthy. So um, I'm I share uh, that pessimism with you. I guess on Raheem Jarrett, I'm a little bit worried about uh, about where he's headed, especially if Demas comes back healthy this year and then like if Rakeem can't take that role again, could he could possibly be a senior guy? Maybe we're looking at a fourth year guy. He stays another year. If he can't really be that number one guy. Um, but, uh, I'll head over to running back over here. And I know this is like, I think you like a couple guys like, um, this just kind of goes back to what I was talking about before. And when we're out on guys too, but, uh, I'm going to be talking about Dwayne McBride out of UAB. um, you know, at one point, he was one of the few G5 players that I actually had some hope in. You know, he was super efficient in that COVID year, uh, constantly breaking off big plays, size speed guy, right? I think he's like 6'1", 215 or something. Has that size speed combo that you like. Uh, I definitely bought a few shares last year. I think he was going as high as the 8th or 7th round in C2Cs. Um, he was definitely creeping up there in Debbie Startups as well. Um, and then he just had an awful start to the season last year. He only topped 61 yards in one of the first six games, fumbled four times in the first four weeks, lost three of them i mean it was just a complete dud of a start for him complete zero in the passing game doesn't catch any freaking passes i think if you want to be a g5 guy t- that we take seriously you got to be dominating your competition and he was just not doing that at the beginning he had a nice finish to the uh, to the season a lot of people are back on him again this year that's not going to be me i'm not going to be the one to hop back on him so uh so yeah i was definitely disappointed with uh Dwayne mcbride
0: yeah i Still have a little hope for him, not as a workhorse, but as like an early down back and committee. But yeah, that was the worst like opening to a season I've ever seen. It was 12 for 54 and two, fumb- two fumbles. Like it was just like
1: that was, yeah it just and it's it really set the tone because it just seemed like they were they, they were even like what the hell happened we were so excited for this guy and then it's like they they didn't want to give him the full workload for a while he's splitting time with that other guy Jermaine Brown or whatever his yeah. name is so mm-hmm. yeah it was a mess. people were dropping him in C two C leagues like by like week four like not wondering that's what crazy. the hell
0: is going on but,
1: but yeah that was a rough one
0: that's crazy yeah, and then we too get Georgia to follow up like you're not going to bounce back against Georgia. yeah so <laughs> it just it just kept tumbling but yeah I I do think. I like his size. I think he can be an early down back. I do like – yeah. I mean, you nailed it. You nailed everything there. So, uh, But for me, for running back, I'm looking at Marshawn Lloyd here. There's still a really healthy following for Marshawn Lloyd. Um, t- two torn ACLs? Is it two? Just the one. Just, just the, one. the one. Just yeah. the one last okay. year, Okay, yeah. so he just hasn't done anything yet. Had the one. Bounced back. I shouldn't say bounced back. He came back to play. And, like, coming out of high school, he's explosive. He does everything really well, like you like to see. And then when he comes back with the ACL, no explosive. Just, just, he's just a, a wall. He just gets the ball, and he goes, like, three yards and falls down. And I just – I'm not in on the player. I know he's got now another year off recovery here. But for a player that was, I believe, a five-star and was, like, a top-four RB in his class, definitely went to a good system for it. He had a, a Juco transfer coming over him. Kevin Harris came back from injury over him. Uh, the Juco guy, I think, went undrafted. Was it Zaquandre White? Right? Mm-hmm. Making
1: some waves with Miami right now. A little bit. A little <laughs> bit of buzz. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. <laughs> and then Kevin White win the fifth round with the Patriots. Um, look, I just – I'm not – yeah, I mean
1: I mean they say you aren't really yourself till like 2 years after the ACL. I mean unless you're Adrian Peterson and you're bionic after 9 months. Uh and you can rush for almost a record in the record in the league, but um uh but maybe that was kind of part of the reason you looked great. Maybe still kind of working into it a little bit. Team was generally pretty awful last year. No running back really stood out. A lot of people were excited for Kevin Harris after his big year. Uh, yeah, I know he, he had the blew back up. injury.
0: Yeah. He blew up that final game. He, they gave him the full yeah, workload. I, and he killed it.
1: I know he had the back injury too, which is maybe he was kind of slowly working back into that, into, into the offense at the beginning of the year, which is why it was kind of not what we had hoped. It was a lot, and then even J. White's leading a game here or whatever. So I, I will say the reports at the camp have been absolutely glowing about Marshawn Lloyd. If you, anybody watched the spring game, he looked damn good. If you want to search my name on Twitter at FF underscore guitarist, I posted uh, clips of him from that game. We'll search up like Marshawn Lloyd in my name or whatever. He was doing some spins and some cuts, man, in that game. I was like, man, this is kind of reminiscent of that high school tape that we saw so i'm not out i'm uh, i'm i'm still here for for this i like marshawn lloyd i was big on him as a prospect got those damn quick feet i uh, i'm a sucker for backs like him and i am uh, i'm still in um his price is getting kind of high though a lot of people are kind of buying into this hype anyways but uh but yeah i, I i'm still in on him um uh, let's, let's i guess What's oh. that? My tight end. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah, we're here. actually going to do tight ends. Okay. That's what I was going to ask anyways, but uh, we're heading over to tight end. This was a guy that I hyped up a little bit uh, last year. Uh, actually, I've been having him out for a couple years now. Um, and this one is a little bit injury related, but a uh, Will Mallory tight end out of Miami um, still managed to play eight games l- last year. And I just expected more from him. Um, he's supposed to be the guy kind of taking over for Brevin Jordan, who is a pretty productive guy at Miami. Miami's had a history of, of productive tight ends as well. Um, Brevin had huge, huge praise for Mallory. Mallory. Mallory coming out as uh, um, when he was entering the NFL draft said, this guy's going to be the next dude um, way more athletic than everybody thinks uh, 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 red zone threat. Like I was, so I, I got in on this. Like I, I was pretty big and I did look back. He has a track background, ran hurdles, uh, did sprints, and you can see it on the field. He does have some explosion there. Um, So I I was pretty hopeful to see him kind of, kind of take this next role, but um, uh, really he ended up blocking a lot more. Only caught like what three hundred and seventy yards or something like that on the season. Really didn't didn't uh, shine the way I was hoping. Uh, Elijah Royal, another guy who is a big time tight end prospect, came in last year. He's getting some buzz this spring as a guy. Maybe he's going to end up climbing over Will Mallory. So I'm 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 worried and I'm disappointed that he didn't become what we wanted. But I still think there's tools there. I think there's athleticism. I think he's got the ideal size. I think he's six five two forty five or something like that. So he's right profile wise. Hits it right on the nose, and you never know with tight ends. So, I'm not completely out on it yet, but I was disappointed with that performance last year.
0: Yeah, it's been four years of just kind of just blandness, but you know, first three years for tight end, no one really cares, but we're, we're waiting for that to pop. Waiting, yeah. Uh, for me, it's gonna be Jalil Billingsley here. A lot of people hyped him up. a lot of people's tight end one for a while. Um, he's skinny. I mean, we talked about size, right? For me, for tight ends, I need him to be six foot four plus and two forty plus billingsley is not billingsley is a wide receiver pretending to be a tight end that's what he is um and he just didn't come through he was dropping balls in, in just in his defense he did look good the year before i just wasn't in on him as a tight end but this year even the receiver play was severely lacking and so i'm out on billingsley he transferred out of alabama he and a guy hall transfer over to texas um, personally i think jatavion sanders takes over the texas tight end role but Billingsley's over there now, and I'm just I'm out. I mean, you just transfer from a higher prestige school, like.
1: Yeah, and he, like I think Alabama had him listed at like six four two forty at one point. And I was like, there's no way in hell that this guy is even close to two forty or anything of like. That guy is pretty much like a big wide receiver, and I don't even think he's that tall. I think he, he's maybe six two. Yeah, mean, I don't I don't know what he's listed at, at Texas, but I, I I doubt that he's actually that big. But I, uh, he, yeah, yeah,
0: he's listed at six four two fifteen right now.
1: Really? he's less, yeah. So maybe he's got the height, maybe it's the slender build that kind of throws me off a little bit, but yeah. Um, yeah, not a guy that I'm in on, not a guy that I've ever really been in on. Size is a big thing for for tight ends, I think. In the NFL, that's one of the main things that we can actually bank on. There hasn't been a lot of guys uh, under 6'4", I think, or 6'3", and under 240 to really make a difference at the NFL level. So those are kind of easy thresholds to kind of put yourself at when looking at tight ends, because honestly, other than that, there's not really much we can look at to kind of figuring out who the hell is going to pop. Um, right. I did want to just throw out a mention of uh, a tank Bixby. Um, this is a guy who started with uh, three, 100 yard efforts last year. Um, then just had this, this weird lull in the middle of the season where he barely topped 60 yards a game against some of the pow- some powerhouses like uh, LSU uh, UGA to be expected, obviously uh, Arkansas. Uh, he kind of found his groove down the stretch, um, but still wasn't really what we wanted uh, or, what we expected, I guess. A, a noticeable decline in ADP, sometimes even falling to the third in some C2C drafts. Most mocks, he's gone by the second, but it, some guys are just really feeling down on him. What is your general feeling on Tank Bigsby now?
0: Yeah, I'm a little cooled off on it. I mean, he had a great freshman season, right? Looked fantastic. And then we get this new coaching regime come in, and it just seems very uh, a self destructive environment. It just seems to be imploding. And so it's it's you got to ask yourself the question like is it the player or is it the coaches that's messing it all up? We did see a spike from like Jarquez Hunter, his backup that was a freshman last year, and all of a sudden like you know I, do you remember when it was like oh Jarquez is gonna overtake Tank Bigsby? I do remember that. Remember I do, that?
1: yeah. That there were there was like two weeks there where people were like he's better than Bigsby, like he looks way better than Bigsby. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean he looked. In my opinion, I thought he looked good in the open field. But it was against some really bad teams though. Yes, like was. I don't have it
1: right in front of me, but it was against some really bad teams.
0: Akron, Alabama State. Like that yeah. was his two the games. And he they seemed to split the role during that wall you're talking about there. And then once week seven against Arkansas hit, that's when Jarquez went back to his backup role and they gave Tank Bigsby back that main role. Yeah, yeah. I do
1: really wonder if he was kind of dealing with something in the background there, an injury or something that we didn't hear about. Maybe that's why he they kind of split more, yeah. you know, in in that middle there, and then he was feeling healthy and they they kind of gave him more work down the stretch. So, um, so yeah, I I wasn't I I was also a little bit disappointed with that because I think we were all excited, especially after that spring game too. I remember he broke like that sixty yard run in the spring game, and I was like, oh my god, this guy's a beast. He's gonna be the best. And yeah, it was kind of kind of upsetting. I did just draft him in our league though. He went for two fifty, which I felt was. A decent price, I guess. I went in yeah, on that. Everything else um, going out
0: there. Yeah, with the, with the way the other prices were going. but uh, yeah. If there's um, one guy that I had to say out of my top five RBs for 23 to stay next year, I think it might be Tink Bigsby. Only because I'm still worried about the coaching staff imploding that that offense. It yeah, that team could be really bad this year. They yeah, really they have potential to be really bad that if Tink Bigsby can't put it together, I could see him being like, all right, I'm going to run it back one more time. Because there were rumors of him going to the transfer portal. Like It was... Mm-hmm. They like convinced like him to done stay or something, somehow, Yeah, somehow they convinced him to stay. Yeah, so I, I'm in. I don't think he was – I think it was the coaching staff. I don't think it was him as a player. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go on to our next question here. What were some players that we were excited about that got derailed due to injury? And I'm going to start this time here. I'm going to go with Dylan Gabriel of UCF, who now transferred over –
1: to oklahoma right okay hey, hey wait this is a debbie show you got to talk about quarterbacks that are actually debbie quarterbacks oh, dill gabriel debbie is Valley. not a debbie quarterback
0: that's <laughs> my boy colin you know oh right. my god
1: <laughs> you guys oh. play too much ctc man
0: <laughs> there's there's places for these system quarterbacks man mac jones is just killing it. he might be the best rookie quarterback out of that class mac jones year, at too. least has
1: an arm somewhat of an arm
0: it could have been the system and we're going to find out this year.
1: Okay. Go we're ahead. Find tell, us about, tell us why we should buy Dylan or why he was disappointing for you.
0: Just because he got derailed. He was having a good year. It's not like UCF has like a ton of good pass catching options and he's putting up numbers. And for me and my very amateur opinion of quarterback play, that's what I like. These quarterbacks that seem to elevate the pieces around them. I thought Dylan Gabriel did just that. Now, Here's my issue with, with, with Gabriel is that he's small. like He's like 5'11", 205. Like, that's it. That's disappointing to me. But he put up numbers. He seems to be very accurate. He seems to put the ball where it needs to go. And that's why I'm in on Dylan Gabriel. Now he goes to his OU system. Caleb leaves. Everyone thinks Oklahoma's burning down to the ground. I don't believe that at all. I actually think they still have a pretty decent team set up there. I really do. I'm not sure if it's top four, but I, I think they stay ranked the whole year. And so Dylan Gabriel's got that got that uh what do you call it like redemption tour going on right he upgrades from p from G 5 to p5 we love seeing that and he's gonna well hopefully going to ball out and up his draft capital
1: i think he's gonna be good for cff i think he's gonna be productive um i think there's gonna be a productive system there but he's just small he doesn't have an nfl arm he just doesn't seem like somebody who's going to to put it together enough for me to be in on him if he surprises me fine um but he's gonna be one that i'm i'm gonna be very okay missing out on um My guy that got derailed by injury. All right, I'm going to go quarterback. I'm going to head over to Boston College here. A guy I talk about a lot. Okay, his name is Phil Jerkovic. Phil Jerkovic. I don't know. However you want to say it. He's a guy that I I still really like a lot. Number four dual threat quarterback. Had a decent year for Boston College after his transfer from Notre Dame. I think he had like just under 3,000 yards, something like that. Was really kind of putting it together throughout the season. Um, Had some hype entering last year. Uh, Kind of started on fire really last year. Uh, A 300-yard game, three touchdowns to start the season only to have it completely derailed the following week with a hand injury like not even a quarter into the game or something like that. Um, you can tell that uh, he just wasn't right when he tried to come back at the end of the year. Um, they even admitted now that he was you know, far from 100%. And you could tell he, he ran a lot more. He was relying more on those legs, which is a nice benefit from him. He actually has a little bit of mobility to him. Um, his accuracy was a little over the place. So you could tell the hand wasn't feeling right. But but this is going to be a big year for him. This is a guy that I've comped to Carson Wentz before, the good and the bad. Uh, you, you know, he's kind of sloppy footwork. He's kind of sloppy all over the place, but he has those tools. He's got that big arm. He's got that that sneaky mobility that Wentz had. You remember that MVP season when he's sneaking up his yeah. sacks and stuff. Like that. Like that's that's kind of the guy I've seen in Phil jerkovic And I've also seen the fucking boneheaded mistakes that he makes all the time. So um I'm still excited for him. Um, I've seen him even mocked in the first and second round in a couple of mocks, uh, early 2023 mocks. So we'll see what ends up happening. But uh he's a guy that I'm excited for going into this year.
0: Yeah, there's always 10 10 quarterbacks in early mocks, and they start shooting <laughs> down as the year goes along. Emory Jones,
1: first round pick. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: yeah. Um my next one here for for QB here is uh, Haynes King. I just want to mention him again. I'm not really much of a QB evaluator, but he got hurt in Texas A&M here. He seems to just be, you know, really diving into the NIL culture here. So now they have a really um, crowded quarterback room here. And the question is, if he keeps it, they take in what Max Johnson as a transfer, right? With mm-hmm. his brother there. Yeah. And, they, and they take, so I, I think it's done. I think he had his shot. He unfortunately got hurt. And I think that's, that's it. I think, you know, they're taking a transfer. And then once... Um, man, who's who's the freshman that came in? Connor Wegman. Thank you. I think yeah. Connor Wegman takes it over.
1: Yeah, I mean, with King, I almost... I've always thought of these guys together, which is King and Evan Prater, which is a guy I actually really like. Um, both kind of that long, slender build, both around like 200 pounds, uh, both dual threat guys with exciting arms who maybe need a little work passing the ball. Um, you know, and right when we were about to get our chance to see King, he kind of goes and gets hurt. So unfortunately we never got to see. His one showing that he did have wasn't the greatest. He had like a 300 yard game, uh, two touchdowns, three interceptions. So it wasn't something something great. Um, I'm not ready to call it quits on him yet. I'm hoping that he actually wins this job. Um, I think that he has more upside than anybody. Well, not besides Wegman. If they want to go with Wegman, I'm fine with that. But I don't think that they should go with Max Johnson over him. I don't think Max Johnson's that bad, but this is, I think, I don't even know. I can't remember what year he's going into, but I think he's, he's already getting up there too. Um, I think the upside lies with King. He brings that extra dynamic as a as a rusher as well. That can really add to that offense. So so I I'm not as out on you uh, on King, um, but uh it definitely was disappointing. Um <laughs> So I'm going to head over to running back now. Um, this is a guy that I love. And actually, I was surprised to see how much campus to Kent loves him. Um, we uh, A lot of the guys over there, because we're all sharp, that's why. Um, where we ended up putting Kendall Milton in our Debbie guide in Tier 2, I was extremely happy with. Um, this guy was one of my favorite recruits before he went, even went to Georgia. Uh, just runs like a man possessed, right? I think he was my RB2 of the class. Um, it's really just been the story of health for Milton. The guys are only seen 14 games through the first two years at Georgia constantly battles. these nagging injuries, right? When he's starting to get something going, all of a sudden he only gets two carries in the next game or one carry. Oh, he's dealing with this. Then he gets seven carries again. Oh, and now he's dealing with this back to one carry. And now it's constantly something nagging with him. We just need to really see him put it all together. Um, through, through his entire career, only seen 93 attempts. He's only received double digit carries on two separate occasions has just under 500 yards in his career. I think his whole career to this point has been a disappointment from where his recruitment ranking was. But I'm not out yet. I'm not out. I'm still in on Kendall Milton, but him being derailed by injury was just kind of like a topic here. It just it, It's really what I feel has been his biggest thing is is health because I think the skill's all there.
0: Yeah, this this 23 class really has been shaping up to be pretty huge. And we got five running backs I feel great about. And, and then another one that I'm about to talk about here along with Milton is Chase McClellan. Uh, they're both go to like these top programs, right? Georgia, Alabama running backs, everyone loves them, but they both just haven't been able to find their ground and put it together. Uh, Chase McLellan was the lead. I don't know if I say lead back, but he was splitting with Brian Robinson, right? He gets hurt. Mm -hmm. And, and now we have, you know, it's a revolving door of talent, right? So my issue, not my issue, my concern, is that Chase McLellan won't get his opportunity to be the workhorse back again because we're big on Jamarion Miller, right? If Jamarion Miller takes that step sophomore year and he's the lead back and Chase is a fifth year at this point, then when's it going to be his time to shine? But anyway, Chase McLellan came in, right? He came in as, I think, did he have like the highest spark score of any freshman of all time? He
1: did, yeah. He had like the highest yeah.
0: spark score, which wasn't, there was nothing
1: like super glowing about it. it wasn't super fast, wasn't super thing, but everything put together was just like a really, he had a, a good vert, good a shuttle good 40 i think you know he was like four or five guy or 37 vert or something so he he had like he has a uh, nice
0: athleticism to him that's for sure yeah i am a little concerned though putting on the field so he got hurt i believe it was week five against old miss i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's what it was but before that the four weeks before that he played southern miss mercer miami and florida but like against mercer for example four for 13 against southern miss 12 for 97 that's a little better but it's not like he was killing the competition yet either Jameer Gibbs is here for the junior year. Mm James McLean's not going to be starting over Jameer Gibbs. Mm -hmm. And then we got to wait until the fourth year, or Jamar Miller is the guy that we all think he is. And that's just, and then we got to wait, wait until what, his fifth year to kick off. So it's it's just unfortunate that injury derailed his season. But man, we were excited to find out more about this recruit. Like this was the year to find out what type of player he was going to be. And he didn't flash enough before his injury for me to feel good about him.
1: Yeah. I thought, I thought he had moments of looking good. I thought he was maybe even being groomed for like that old Josh Jacobs role. Cause he was kind of like catching some good, a good amount of passes. uh look good in the open field. Maybe a little bit, uh, um, seemed to be kind of overtaking that or RB, RB2 role. Like you mentioned, um, but, you know, Alabama's constantly bringing in guys. Uh, they like to play with the portal. Now they bring in Gibbs, who is also a great pass catcher. So even if you thought maybe McClellan was going to get a little bit of pass work, I think that's all going to go to, like, freaking Gibbs now. If it's not, that sucks. But it's, <laughs> um, I still think we might see a little bit from Jason McClellan. I, I still think he could, if he's healthy, I think that's another big thing too. But if he's healthy, um, I, I could still see him being the RB2 for this offense. And we've seen guys being the RB2 in in Bama or some of these other high-end schools still get enough respect to be drafted at a at a respectable uh, round in the NFL draft. So I'm not totally off jace yet. I li- I like his skill set. I like everything else that's there. I think he was my RB 4 of that class, my personal one. So um maybe I'm hanging on a little too long. Maybe this is the thing that uh, where, where I need to learn <laughs> how to about, how yeah. to le- yeah, how to let go a little I'll bit sooner, go. but maybe after this year. I think I honestly think once they become seniors that's when I'm really like, "Oh shit, like it didn't it didn't happen." You know, like I'm um, now I'm really pissed, but uh, but yeah. So so uh, I agree with you there on McClellan. McClellan uh, definitely um, disappointing from injury standpoint.
0: I also want to do a quick mention for um, Raymond Davis. Great freshman year, right? Played for Temple almost at Troy. Temple, Temple, yeah. It was like shifty and like I think they called him the human joystick, just like they called Tariq Cohen. Like that's where he looked like in the open field. But ever he since that, that freshman year, hasn't hasn't come back again reportedly looking good in Vanderbilt at camp. I don't know if they know what looking good over there looks like, but Vanderbilt (laughs) (laughs) Vanderbilt said he looked good. Um, they're not talking about his photo because he looks like an old man in his photos. You'll hear. Yeah, he does. He does. Too.
1: like Him and KJ Jefferson are like 40 years older than they actually are. Apparently they <laughs> just look like they're like 60 years old. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I actually I'm me and Matt Bruning a long time ago, actually freaking kind of linked up on on our Ramon Davis love because that freshman season was good. And yeah, it was at Temple, but he looked good. He hit a lot of the analytic benchmarks out. You want to see essentially had a breakout had the size had everything then was transferring to a power five school i mean it was vanderbilt but he was transferring to a power five school had chances of really becoming something more and
0: uh the focal point in the offense yeah and
1: i I mean i i I remember hearing that he had some good times but he was actually you know just from injury just kind of got hurt again and then this year he's getting some of us again, so we'll see if he can uh, if he can come back. But he's going so late; he's not even on the radar at all anymore. I mean, I no. think in our auction right now he's up right now, and I think only me and Matt are the ones bidding on right now. He's at like six dollars. <laughs> We're just like fighting over pennies on how to pick up this guy. So uh,
0: we'll see what he ends up going for. All but, right, uh, uh, let's let's um, roll into wide receivers. then, yeah, um, okay,
1: yeah, yeah. Go go ahead, give us your wide receiver. There.
0: All right, again, quick mention before I get into my real one here. I wanted to mention Quentin Johnson, right? Because. I love Quentin Johnson. He's, he's my wide receiver three in the 23 class. Again, I have an article up on the website. If you want to check out my full top 20, it's out there. But he's my number three because he's supposed to be that size, speed freak. As you mentioned, he increased weight. He's increased weight almost 10 pounds each year since he's been in college football, mm-hmm. going from 201 last year to 212 this year. Like You love that, especially at his type of athletic level. But he's always missing little games here and there, right? He, he played in eight games, and so – that's going to be the argument if he can't have a full, healthy season. People are going to be like, oh, well, he's always hurt. You know, uh, Same thing with Debo Samuel in college. But the player I really want to talk about here is a player that I really can't quit, and that's Donovan Green, Wake Forest wide <laughs> receiver. I cannot quit Donovan Green. He is just super athletic, has that great size, um, has terrible receiver play, really needs to work on those hands. Way too many drops, but like he he was hyped up and I was looking forward to seeing that next step. And then he, I think it was an ACL injury again, like preseason, like or not preseason, off season, right? So he had to miss the whole season. But he's got two off seasons now. He's had a plenty of time to recover. I'm hoping he worked on his hands, hit the jug machine. I really hope that he he can put it together, get some route running going because he is everything an NFL scout, NFL team would want an athlete. Great size, and I just hope he puts it together. He goes to Wake Force, who. I I have it closed down, man. But I know they're a top 15 passing offense. And, uh man, who's the guy that just left? Roberson. It's just A.T. Perry left. A.T. Perry had 1,200 receiving yards last year. And there's just nobody else left on that depth chart. And they passed for 4,200 yards last year. I do think Donovan Green, if he takes this next step, the way that everyone thought he was going to take last year, that he can become the 1A or the 1B. And If he becomes the 1A, I'm going to be ecstatic. I'm going to be beating that drum. I'm going, be the, I'm going to be the conductor of the hype train, and you're going to see me pulling Corey along with me to hype him up too. <laughs> I am so in on him as an athlete, so I'm hoping that that ACL came back fine. I'm hoping that he can cash in on that athleticism, that yak ability that he flashed to. I mean, this guy is just all potential.
1: Yeah, I really don't know what to expect this uh, from this group outside of Perry anyways. I actually, I actually didn't even realize that Donovan Green was actually a fourth-year guy already too. Um, not somebody that I'm that I'm fully in on, uh, but a wide receiver I am still in on is a guy by the name of Dante Dimas from Maryland. Um, I know we were talking about him a little bit earlier before, but he just had an awesome start to last season. Um, over five hundred yards and uh, five touchdowns through five games last year. So obviously he's averaging over hundred yards a game, touchdown a game. Um, he really looked like he was on his way to a monster season. Then he just had that gruesome knee injury that just honestly derailed his hype, derailed everything. You know, people aren't even really talking about him anymore. Um, and I mean, for a longer guy at six, 215 pounds or whatever he is, he moves pretty well for his size. Um, had a verified four, six coming out of uh, high school. which really, isn't bad for a guy that size. We can definitely see progression from there. Um, this will definitely be a big year for him. We got to see if he's healthy off that knee. We got to see what, what he can put together, um, if he can return to form. Um, so, so I really hope that he can be healthy and get himself back on the NFL radar.
0: Yeah. Do you have any word about his injury rate? I think there was like rumors earlier in the off season that he was not on track to start the season. Do You know where that's at right now?
1: I wouldn't be surprised. It was a gruesome knee injury. His knee like twisted, like absolutely backwards. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a slow start to him, if even he starts week one at all. But I actually haven't looked into how far. I've actually just been assuming that he's not going to start the season, but I'm still hoping maybe he can get in there by like week five and make enough of an impression kind of thing. Because I mean, already going into his fifth year, probably a senior bowl candidate uh, can maybe get some love there if he, if he can make it there. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know where he goes from here. If it, if it goes downhill.
0: All right, let's let's go into tight ends, right? I just have one here. Same thing with Quentin Johnson. It's it's Michael Trigg. Uh, we all love Michael Trigg. Um, he's just always been hurt, right? The the father's roommate to Ole Miss already has that chemistry. There's no one there talented to catch the ball. Don Domingo will play a total of three quarters and then he'll get hurt. And then it'll just be Michael Trigg and J- Jackson Dart the whole time. I mean, so he's just someone that I think the I think the whole community is in behind Michael Trigg. I don't think anyone here is doubting it, but This is the year. This is the year, Corey. This is
1: good. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we already saw some of it at, in the spring game when they were connect, they connected, connected, yeah. I think he had two touchdowns and a two point conversion or three touchdowns and a two point conversion, 98 yards or something like that led the team seven catches. I mean, the, the chemistry was there instantly. So, I mean, I'm expecting a big season from him. I mean, um, I don't know how much we were expecting from him last year. So I don't know if I definitely categorize him as a disappointment. Um, he was an exciting recruit, crew, but I don't think a lot of people were expecting a lot from year one. A lot of times with tight ends, we don't really. Um, so uh, seeing that he's going to be a starter now and, and everything, I'm definitely excited for him. I know some people, I think Austin recently moved him up to number one. Um, Rich Adams from the Fanatics, c I I think he's got him at number one. He loves him. He's been trading Michael Mayer for him uh, and you know, putting his his money where his mouth is. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like that call. I didn't go with another tight end because I'll be honest. I don't like tight ends. I don't really look at tight ends. and I'm not really excited for tight ends. So I just went and doubled up on wide receiver here. And I went with a guy who uh, has been derailed by injury for a, a little bit now, and that's Chris Ottman Bell from Minnesota. Um, this was a guy who constantly flashed on tape um, when I was watching uh, Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman through the last two years, constantly making these, these twisting grabs, these highlight reel grabs, making big plays in important moments, you know, um, and he was supposed to step into that productive role that, that Bateman had had, that, that Johnson had had, where these guys were constantly going over 1,000 yards, getting NFL draft hype, getting all the hype that we want to see. And then, you know, he didn't, instead he gets hampered by injuries. And I mean, he still played in 10 games, but he just wasn't right. I mean, wasn't playing his full complement of snapped, and, you know, it just showed in the play. So uh, I'm still hoping that maybe he can have a bounce back here. Um, return to health, maybe jump back into that role, see what can happen with Minnesota. They're, you know, they always kind of are a competing scrappy team. So we can see what can happen there. But uh, I want to see it from him this year.
0: Well, lucky for you, that's next question is going to prove how much you believe in it. So Corey, (laughs) from these players that we talked about from above, man, let me know who has the best chance to bounce back. Okay. So I'm not going with, with,
1: uh, Bell. <laughs> oh, I like, I like crazy. him. I, th- I think he's a good player, but I'm not, that's not what I'm going with. So I think the easy one here for me obviously is, is, I mean, I can just be quick with this one. It's Kendall Milton out of, out of Georgia. Um, our buddy, Jared, uh part of the CFF team uh, at Campus Canton, he's been saying all his sources down there are telling him to expect a lot of work from him this year. He looked really good in the spring game. Um He was even used a lot more receiving. I think he had like six targets in that game, had like a 30-yard touchdown or something like that. Like, you know, a ple- pleasant surprise seeing that, that kind of workload. He looked good. He looked bursty. He looked shifty. I, I think he could honestly have a monster year for, for UGA. I know a lot of people – are getting in on Kenny McIntosh a little bit, and that's fine. There's always room for two backs in this offense, and I think that he's going to be the next one. I mean, if you look at Georgia's past in the the draft in these past, I think, or eight years, um, their running backs have averaged 2.7 round draft capital. I mean, that's something you can buy in on, and and you can see the historical trend there. So, So I'm very in on Milton still, and I think he's probably got the best chance of this whole list at a bounce back this year if he can stay healthy.
0: All right, I love the confidence here. Uh, mine is going to be – I'm going to make mine a little bit of a plot twist here. It's going to be Donovan Green a Wake Forest, as I just Whoa. talked about. Yes, shooting from left outfield there. Um, no, I, I really did like the profile so much. I mean, he ended his sophomore campaign with 170 yards against North Carolina and then 122 against Wisconsin. Not great defenses, I get it. But those type of numbers from a sophomore year season are insane. I mean, that's the type of step up you want to see towards the end of a sophomore year. I just I do believe in him. I believe in the whole system around him. Now he's healthy. There's not a lot of competition. At Perry's rise, I think, truly came from him not being on the field. If he didn't get hurt, I don't think At Perry would be a thing. Do you have a runner-up, Corey? A number two that you you know, if you had to pick a backup plan?
1: Um, I think I'll go with. Well, I would go with Demas if I could guarantee he was going to be healthy, but we can't guarantee that, so I can't go there. Um, my other guy is going to be Jerkovic, I think, out of this whole list. You know, finally healthy has shown those flashes. His top re- weapon returns for another year. Um, emergence of, a, of the running back Pat Garwo there takes some pressure off. Um, plenty of continuity in the whole in the whole team, so I think he could really take that step forward, being healthy now, and maybe give us another option in this in this class. That's kind of top heavy this quarterback
0: class right now, heading into the twenty twenty three draft. Yeah, if I had to pick a backup for myself, if Demas is still not healthy, I would pick rookie. Rak- <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be one of the two, right? It's just one of the right. two Maryland receivers yeah. we're, we're pumped on. We just got to see who's going to be healthy. Got, Maryland's got a good, tra- good, uh, good track record. I mean, you got Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore. Like they seem to, mm-hmm. they seem to get a high end guy every couple of years, and we're we're almost overdue here. So let's roll into our next segment here. Right, we're going to do a quick name game here. We're just we're not going to go into detail. We're just going to say the name and we're going to hear if Corey or me or both are in or out. You ready, Corey?
1: All right, let's do it. Let's
0: do it. All right. We're going to do QBs first. DJ you.
1: Oh, this is like the hardest one, man, because he has everything you want. The camp reports sound a little bit better. He's looking slender. He's got the tools. I'm, I'm saying in still and I hate it, but in a, in at the right price, in at the right price. We're talking about Debbie here. That's the price. Do you believe in his NFL upside? He's going too high. Well, why not though? He's got the tools if he can put it together. And then those two starts that he had, I can't get those out of my head. And sound like the Will Levis fans. Oh, Will Levis, get the hell out of here. Okay, Uh, well, (laughs) maybe I'm not in a DJU at his price, but I am still in on him as a prospect, I think. Yeah, I am. Okay,
0: I'm out. That last year was just too horrendous. Let's hear about Spencer Rattler, in or out? In. I am in on Rattler still, yeah. I think I'm you can have a bounce back here. you it's Why? I'm out, dude. You can't. He's just... a
1: little he's got a little bit of an attitude or whatever, but yeah, all right, whatever. Got, yeah, he's
0: got all field issues too. He's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. he's both he's both Scarborough. Okay. I'm just gonna uh, be in on every one of these. You're gonna be out on every one of these. Probably. <laughs> JT Gales, he's on his third team. You in or out. Yeah. Uh, I'm out for the NFL
1: on JT Daniels. He's, uh, he's got a terrible mechanics, man. And he he couldn't play over. I mean, oh, we were just talking about this and it shouldn't be a thing, but to not be able to play, to to earn enough time over Stetson Bennett and ben even to like, I know he has the more upside there. And I know Stetson Bennett was like driving the train well and you don't want to mess up the train. That's fine. Um, I just think that he should have had more upside there. And that should, that should be the telling us something right there.
0: But, but yeah, Nick, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I'm also out. Keaton yeah. Slovis, still, that's a good following out there. He goes to the team that gave the only first-round draft capital to a quarterback. I'm team.
1: so out on Slovis, it's not even funny. I am so don't hail Pitt, huh? Yeah, and lost Addison, steady decline in stats. Arm just isn't anything special. I'm out.
0: Going to Oregon. From, no, I totally forgot where he came you from. Don't Auburn. To, you don't even have to finish. I'm out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, let's go to wide receivers. Okay, Jaden yep. Hazelwood. I believe he was the wide receiver of one first class. Is that correct? He was, nice. yeah. Yep. So, I mean,
1: all right, you in? A, no, no, fuck, I'm out. That's, I'm out he's, too. he's received the, the smallest amount of buzz I've ever heard from a player, like right now. For someone who's supposed to be coming in and maybe taking over like that Traylon Burks role or something, no buzz at all, already dealing with injuries. I mean, I'm I'm so out on this type of player
0: anyway. I watched the entire spring game, which was really a spring practice. They didn't do an actual game, so I hate that. But, yeah. Even in that, like, he wasn't looked at first. Like He, wasn't he was playing keepers. on the second team. Did you notice that, too? He yeah. was getting
1: reps on the second team. I don't understand yeah. what was going on I had there. to look up
0: people's numbers. I was like, dude, who is he playing with? Who are these yeah. guys? He had the green jersey, too. He was injured. He's constantly injured. So, same yeah. thing. But, yeah. All right. Joe Nengada, who, by some mock drafts last year for the 22 class, had him going the early second preseason. You this guy, o-
1: this guy always has buzz and never delivers. And it's always an injury. It's like abdom- ad- abdominal injury. And I thought he looked really good his freshman season, but like I'm out. I haven't been able to pull a trigger on him and I want to be in. This is a guy I like want to convince myself on because I still think there's a path like because we haven't seen it. We haven't, we haven't seen him be a disappointment yet. He just hasn't been on the field. Like, so it's kind of like health related. So I'm, I'm, that's I'm, disappointing. Like, yeah. It is. On the field. All right. it is. Yeah. So I'm right. out though. I haven't been buying him. So, I mean, I think by
0: classification, that means I'm out. Let's go, let's go to a guy hall real quick. I might ask a question after your answer.
1: Uh, I got shit for this in the Debbie guide when we were figuring out our rankings, but I said, I, I think I was the only one in the room who said it was still in and it's just because he's young and he, I was so big on him as a freshman that I'm still in. I'm just, maybe he can turn it around if he gets his head on right or whatever, but I'm not, I'm not out on him
0: yet. Yeah. He might just find that mentor that just gets his mind, right. and really gets focused. I do think that's, in a possibility, but yeah. I want to know, how are you feeling about the Bama wide receiver room in general? I mean, they got transfers coming in, transfers going out. Nick Saban was disappointed by his rookies, perf- not rookies, sorry, his freshmen's performances during the national championship game. Just give me some quick thoughts on the wide receiver room there.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I agree with everything. Exactly. You just said how he, like, he seemed disappointed in the guys. He even said it in an interview in this off season that nobody really stepped up and he's disappointed and you can see it in his actions. I mean, so we're entering this year we're hopeful for oh Jacory Brooks is going to blow up and or some one of these guys is going to blow up and who do they bring in to play beside John as Jameson Williams? Maybe that should have been like the first sign that like we shouldn't have been too in on this 2024 class. Maybe something was there that he wasn't seeing in practice. So he went out and got Jamison Williams started right away. And that was fine. Okay. Whatever. Like, so now we're entering this year. Okay. It's Ja'Cory Brooks year. It's Jojo Rose year. It's, it's finally time. What happens? They're going to get Jermaine Burton first. Okay. One guy, we can deal with one guy. Okay. Then they go get Tyler Harrell from, from Louisville. Okay. Well now, uh, now what are you doing? And then what do they do? They're in on Jordan Addison. So what, what could they have been doing starting three transfer wide receivers? That would have been Burton, Harrell, and Addison possibly starting over all these guys so i'm fading that 2024 class a little bit um they also brought in like fucking five top 100 recruits this past year uh yeah. at wide receiver so i mean it's like uh it's like i'm very i'm fading this entire 2024 hey, class don't, like don't forget Corey about malik
0: benson too Malik benson yeah i'm malik benson
1: i mean i'm fine with that i'm fine with everything past that but this 2024 class i think the writing has been on the wall a little bit that they're trying to tell us something here
0: that's hot. That's a hot take. We'll yeah. talk about that more next week too. I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, Jalen McMillan. Uh,
1: I'm. Colin gives me shit for this because he calls it a hedge bet, which is which is fine, I think. But I'm in on one of these guys breaking out this year, in a sense. Like either Jalen McMillan or Romo Dunze. I think both had like moments and both look good. McMillan, I think, is like the bigger disappointment to people because of how good of a prospect he was. So it's like, am I in on McMillan? I think yes. I think like I'm buying him at cost right now because he's not that pricey unless you're drafting with Colin. But he's if not we, that pricey right now.
0: Yeah, if we had to say one of those guys break out, I'm with you, it would be Jalen McMillan. Yeah. Leningo. All right. Last one for wide receivers here, Julian Fleming. Out. Another so, another original wide receiver one. That's out. I'm out on that. <laughs> so I'm out as well. Get him out yeah. of here. All right. Running backs now. John Emery. I'm so like in. You've been talking about him lately. You've been talking I'm about in. a lot lately.
1: Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I, d- I just think that, like, and we've seen it with LSU in the past where Kiner only needed freaking one year. I mean, not Kiner, sorry. I'm thinking about Corey Kiner. Um, CEH only needed the one year of massive production to get the NFL eyes. I mean, I know that was a national championship year, so that's a little bit different. But, I mean, even Tyrion Davis-Price only really had the one solid year and then some flashes now and then, and then he still got drafted in the third round. So,
0: I think I, I graded 40 running backs, and I think he graded out, like, RB thirty six. Yeah. Like, I was like very not in. That was a huge surprise for me. I was like, okay. Yeah, one of the bigger surprises for sure. All right. Let's uh oh for me, man, I'm like this one's tough for me because I'm not in. I don't know what is doing. I think LSU's kind of like in the middle of the rebuild and they're just kind of taking meh guys for now and I'm hoping they put it together. All right, Eric gray Eric Gray.
1: Um you know what he goes high in some drafts and at that price i'm out but if i can get him like 20th plus round 30th plus round in CTC, or like 10th plus round in a devy like i'm fine taking that shot because i still think he has that profile um that people are gonna like and he still gets talked about highly mock draft database i just looked like freaking last week he's like rb3 or rb4 right now in nfl mock draft database it's it's crazy i don't understand it those but guys, it, those, yeah, I, yeah i just don't it, believe those guys update their
0: stuff until like november i just know and
1: they take everybody's like chris moxley's mock draft is on there like (laughs) like they take like everybody's in the industry and form it together to make this thing so i mean it's really everybody it's not exactly like full-on like just like espn or whatever like all the draft nicks and stuff you know so it does give a little bit of like a weird look sometimes but but still he seems to be held pretty highly what are you thinking on eric Gray?
0: I'm un- in as a pass catching back. I don't think he gets that mm-hmm. workhorse role, but like, look at what happened to James
1: White. We're, I mean, I'm uh, not James White. James Cook. Look what just happened to him. So maybe we can yeah, get I'm that. F-
0: well, that's a big mistake, and they Yeah, find I, out. Know, I, know.
1: I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh,
0: Kamar Wheaton, former five star, had some not had some tiny heart syndrome going on there, and then he went to SMU.
1: Yeah, this one's a tough one because I wasn't in on him as a prospect, and I can see. I think so I'm more now. in on him on CFF, uh, but I'm not. I'm not buying Debbie. Nope. Okay. Uh, I'm out as well, by the way. Uh,
0: DeMarcus Mm. Bowman.
1: Out. 180 pounds now. I'm like the furthest out you could possibly be. Like, I'm like so far away. I'm like fucking (laughs) in another universe.
0: (laughs) Jalen Berger the Wisconsin post hype guy going to Michigan state.
1: This one might be controversial. Cause I'm actually going to say that I might be in Mike, Mike. Okay. Cause uh, okay, he's, okay. his price isn't too bad. And I, I, okay. I did his profile for the Devi Guide. Okay. I actually came away right. liking his tape more than I thought I would. Oh, uh, for that brief, that brief stint at Wisconsin, where I think it was the COVID year where he had, I actually came away liking some of the things he did a lot better. And this was a guy I didn't even really like as a prospect a guy who like bounced outside way too much for my liking. Um, But so, I'll be honest, I've zero shares and I'm I've have okay. been targeting, haven't been paying, haven't been whatever. I just came away liking him more than I expected. I was pleasantly surprised, I guess, but there's the attitude issues, or whatever. If I'm putting my chips down on a starter because some people are wondering that, I think it's going to be burger. I think he was the first one to touch the ball in the spring game. So uh, I'm good with that. Um, the, the situation is eerily similar to Kenneth Walker. It really is. A guy who was like thrown away by the Debbie community. Somebody like some guys were staying strong, but was pretty much thrown away. uh, Wasn't productive. All of a sudden came over to Michigan state becomes like 1.1 in rookie drafts because he's pretty much available on every freaking in every league because he's been dropped so much or not picking, not taken or whatever. So it's an eerily similar situation. That's all I'm going to say. So we'll see what happens there. Um, But I am not out. That's how I'm going to state that.
0: All right. Last one real quick. We already talked about them. Tink Bigsby in or out. I'm, so in. I'm very in. I'm very yep, in. in. I, don't right. even, I don't even think we to do that one. We're getting a little <laughs> bit long here. So we'll just do our last portion real quick. Thank you for joining us for our first ever podcast. I'm your host, Mike. This is Corey. You can find our work on Twitter. I'm FF Mike. FF underscore Dirty Mike. And Corey is FF underscore guitarist. Find our work there. Find our work at the C- C2C website. We hope you enjoyed the show. Join us next week. We're going to start talking about the 2024 class breakouts. And now, if you want to hear some of our other podcasts here at the Campus Can Camp family, we got Monday, Chasing the Natty, a cff pod. We got Tuesday, Campus Life. Wednesday, the Debbie Debate. Thursday, doing Campus Life again. And then we also have the official and the Hero RB show. And then Fridays, you got me and Corey here every single week. That's going to be it. Apologies to Alfred. We ran out of time. We got to reschedule him.